بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Over the past few weeks we have been speaking about the different expeditions, the different armies that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anh sent to different parts of the Arabian Peninsula to fight the wave of apostasy that occurred after the passing away of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So as we mentioned, most of the Arabian Peninsula left Islam after the death of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anh he organized a number of armies to fight the apostates in all of the different regions of the Arabian Peninsula, alhamdulillah. And he was successful in each and every one of those expeditions. Last week, we spoke about the expedition to Yemen, the apostasy that occurred in Yemen and the army that Abu, Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu, or actually he sent a number of armies to Yemen to fight the apostates over there and they were successful alhamdulillah and Yemen returned back to Islamic rule. So today we want to talk about the apostasy of Kinda. Kinda, it is an area which is also in modern day Yemen. So Yemen now it's basically a big country in the south part of the Arabian Peninsula. So there's Oman on the east and then there is Yemen. But in those days, what is modern day Yemen was actually divided into a number of different territories and one of those territories was called Kinda. So Kinda also apostated from Islam after the passing away of the Prophet The governor of Kinda was a man named Ziyad ibn Lubayd al-Ansari. And he was from the companions of the Prophet and he was appointed as the ruler of Kinda during the time of the Prophet But now after the passing of the Prophet the people of Kinda and they belong to a tribe called Banu Muawiyah these people they apostated from Islam and they said that they are not going to pay zakat they said they are not going to pay zakat now the only people from Banu Muawiyah in Kinda who stayed upon Islam was a man named Shurahbil ibn As-Samt and his son. These two people, they stayed upon Islam. They went against their tribe and they said, no, we are going to stay upon Islam. And they actually tried to convince Banu Muawiyah to stay upon Islam. Why are you leaving Islam? Why are you leaving something that is good for something that is evil? You should stay upon Islam. So Shurahbil ibn As-Samt and his son, they tried to advise their people, they tried to advise their tribe to stay upon Islam, but they didn't listen. So Shurahbil ibn As-Samt, he went to the governor of Kinda, Ziyad ibn Lubayd al-Ansari, and he said, you need to fight these people. You need to fight them before they are able to organize an army to fight you. So while they are still disorganized, while they still have not formed an army, this is your chance to strike them 
and you can easily defeat them now, so you need to do it quickly and you need to not delay. This was the advice of Shurahbil ibn As-Samt to the governor of Kindah, Ziyad ibn Lubayd al-Ansari. So Ziyad, he accepted this advice. He said, yes, this is a good idea. So he organized his army and he fought the people of Kinda. He fought the tribe of Banu Muawiyah and he was able to defeat them because they didn't have any time to organize themselves. So he was able to defeat them, walhamdulillah. Now there was another tribe in the area as well. That was the tribe of Banu Al-Harith. And they had also apostated from Islam, but they had not publicized their apostasy. They had not told anyone that they have left Islam. So it was assumed that they were still Muslims because they kept their apostasy up to this point. They kept their apostasy private. That's the tribe of Banu Al-Harith. So after Ziyad ibn Lubayd al-Ansari defeated the apostates of Kinda from the tribe of Banu Muawiyah, after that, then the tribe of Banu Al-Harith, they openly declared their apostasy as well and they attacked Ziyad ibn Lubayd al-Ansari. So Ziyad just had a victory against Banu Muawiyah. Now, shortly after that, Banu Al-Harith, they attack Ziyad. And they are able to actually overpower Ziyad. Ziyad ibn Lubayd was not, ex not expecting any attack from Banu Al-Harith, so it was a surprise. So they were able actually, Banu Al-Harith was actually able to overpower the Muslim army of Ziyad ibn Lubayd. So this was a big problem now. And the army of Banu Al-Harith, this apostate army, they were led by a man named Ash'ath ibn Qais. Ash'ath ibn Qais was a person who had accepted Islam during the time of the Prophet ﷺ. But then after the passing away of the Prophet ﷺ, he apostated. And he was known as a very strong warrior. He was known as a fierce fighter. So he was the leader of the apostates of Banu Al-Harith. And he and his army were the ones who attacked Ziyad ibn Lubayd and they were able to overpower them. So when Ziyad saw that they didn't have enough manpower to defeat the army of Ash'ath ibn Qais from Banu Al-Harith, Ziyad actually sent a message to Al-Muhajir ibn Abi Umayyah. Al-Muhajir ibn Abi Umayyah. And if you remember from last week, Al-Muhajir ibn Abi Umayyah, he was the commander of the army that retook Yemen from the apostates. Al-Muhajir was the commander of the army that had just recently retaken Yemen from the apostates. Now, Al-Muhajir, he was done with his job in Yemen. He was able to retake control of Yemen, alhamdulillah. Now Yemen is back under Islamic rule. So now, Ziyad is in trouble in Kinda. The governor of Kinda, Ziyad ibn Lubayd, he's in trouble. So he sends a message to Al-Muhajir ibn Abi Umayyah in Yemen to come to Kinda to help him to fight against the apostates in Kinda, to fight against Al-Ash'ath ibn Qais. So when Al-Muhajir received this message, he left Yemen and he came with his army to Kinda. And now that the army of Al-Muhajir joined the army of Ziyad, they were able to, of course, formulate a much bigger army and they attacked Banu Al-Harith they attacked these apostates under Ash'ath ibn Qais again. And alhamdulillah, this time they were able to overpower the apostates because now their army 
has support. Ziyad's army has the support of Al-Muhajir's army. So it's like a double army now. So they were able to overpower the army of Ash'ath ibn Qais. So the army of Ash'ath ibn Qais, when they saw that they were being overpowered, they fled to one of their big fortresses. And that fortress was known as Hisnun Nujair, the fortress of An Nujair. So it's a big fortress and the army of Ash'ath ibn Qais and Ash'ath ibn Qais himself, they fortified themselves, they went inside that fortress to protect themselves from the Muslim army. So the Muslim army, they surrounded the fortress. They surrounded the fortress. Now the army of Ash'ath ibn Qais, they're stuck inside the fortress. They can't do anything because the Muslims are surrounding it from all sides. They did try to leave the fortress and mount an attack but they were quickly overpowered, so they quickly retreated back into the fortress again. So now there's no way out. They know that they're trapped. They're inside the fortress and there's no escape. So Ash'ath ibn Qais, the leader of the apostates inside this fortress, he sent a letter to Al-Muhajir. He sent a letter to Al-Muhajir ibn Abi Umayyah. And in this letter he said, okay, I will surrender. I will surrender. But one of the conditions for my surrender is that I need a promise of safety. I need a promise that you will not kill my family and I need safety for also nine commanders of my army. And he named everyone he wanted safety for in his letter. He said, I need safety for such and such person, such and such person, such and such person. And he actually wrote down their names. He said, if you guarantee safety to these people, then I will surrender. So this letter came to Al-Muhajir, who was the commander of the Muslim army. Now when he received the letter that, uh, that, that Ash'ath is saying that he will surrender as long as you promise safety to these named people, he noticed that the names on that list did not include the name of Ash'ath ibn Qais himself. Ash'ath, he forgot to write his own name on that on that list. He's asking for safety for all these people that he names, but he forgot to write his own name on this list. So this letter comes to Al-Muhajir ibn Abi Umayyah. So Al-Muhajir, he decides to accept this agreement. He says, okay, this is a good deal. We will accept this and we will guarantee safety for the people whose names you have written down. We will guarantee safety for the people whose names you have written down and we will enter the fortress and we will retake Kinda. So Ash'ath, he agreed to this. So now the Muslims, they entered the fortress, they took over the fortress and they freed the people whom they promised safety to. The Muslims, Alhamdulillah, of course, they're going to go according to their word. When they give their promise of safety to someone, they always make sure that they stand by their word. So everyone whose name was written on that agreement that the Muslims had promised safety to, they freed all of them, they let all of them go. But they caught Ash'ath because he forgot to put his own name on his own list. So now Ash'ath is in a big situation, a big trouble. He made a big mistake here. So now Al-Muhajir, the leader of the Muslim army, he wants to kill Ash'ath. He said, we never promised him safety. We never promised him safety so we can kill him. He is the head of this fitna. But some of the other companions who were with Al-Muhajir, they said like, not so sure about it because, you know, that wasn't his intention. Of course, you know, it just slipped his mind. He forgot to write his name. 
But of course, his intention was that he wanted safety for himself as well. And we know that that was his intention. He just forgot. So it doesn't feel good killing him because of his forgetfulness. So there was some confusion amongst the Muslim army regarding what to do with Ash'ath. Some were saying we should kill him. Some were saying no, we shouldn't. So what they decided to do was to send him to Medina. Just send him to Medina to the Khalifa, to Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu himself. And Abu Bakr will decide what to do with him. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu will decide what to do with him. So when he came back to Medina, Ash'ath, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu said, what's wrong with you? You were such a good fighter. You were a Muslim. Why did you leave Islam? Abu Bakr started criticizing Ash'ath for leaving Islam. Why did you leave Islam? You should have stayed as a Muslim. And he started giving him da'wah to come back to Islam again. And alhamdulillah, Ash'ath, under this da'wah from Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu he realized his mistake and he re-accepted Islam. He came back into Islam again, alhamdulillah. And you see this pattern here. Many of these people who come, who are sent to Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu Abu Bakr gives them da'wah and they come back to Islam Again, alhamdulillah. So Ash'ath ibn Qais, the leader of Banul Harith in Kinda, he was one example of that as well. He came back to Islam again. After having apostated, he returned to Islam again. Walhamdulillah. And that is how that is how Kinda was taken back from the apostates and returned to Muslim rule. Alhamdulillah. So over these past few weeks we spoke about many of these conquests that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq sent out to different parts of the Arabian Peninsula. Yamama, Bahrain, Oman, Yemen, so many different places and so many different tribes. And Alhamdulillah, every single one of those expeditions, Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu, he sent out 11 armies, 11 armies to the different parts of the Arabian Peninsula. And every one of them, Alhamdulillah, in the end, they were successful. And this was the last one in Kinda. So now, alhamdulillah, with the capture of Kinda and Kinda returned back to Islamic rule, the whole Arabian Peninsula, alhamdulillah, had returned back to Islam. And Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu his war against apostasy was completed and it was successful, alhamdulillah. So now the Arabian Peninsula, after having apostated from Islam, after the death of the Prophet ﷺ, was once again back under Islamic rule. Walhamdulillah. So Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anh, he was successful in this. As for Ash'ath ibn Qais, as we mentioned, he re-accepted Islam. He came back to Islam. And he became a good Muslim after that, walhamdulillah. And he actually participated in the conquest of Iraq after that. He was actually one of the soldiers in the conquest of Iraq. And there were many others in a similar situation as well, who had apostated from Islam, but then came back to Islam, and then their Islam became strong, alhamdulillah. And they fought in subsequent battles on the side of the Muslims after that. We spoke earlier about Tulayha ibn Khuwaylid al-Usti. Al Remember Tulayha? Tulayha had accepted Islam during the time of the Prophet then after the death of the Prophet Tulayha apostated from Islam and he went so far as to claim prophethood for himself. Tulayha claimed he was a prophet himself. But then Khalid ibn al-Walid defeated him, 
Tuleha, he ran away to Sham, to Syria. Then, Alhamdulillah, after some time, he came back to his senses and he accepted Islam again. He became a Muslim again and he became a good Muslim, Alhamdulillah, and he participated as well in the battle of Al-Qadisiyah, Alhamdulillah. So he became a good Muslim. Also, we spoke about Amr ibn Ma'di Yakarib. We spoke about him last week. He apostated, but then he returned back to Islam after his army was defeated. And he also participated in a subsequent battle in the battle of Al-Qadisiyah as well. So you see, Alhamdulillah, a lot of these people who, were apost who apostated after the death of the Prophet ﷺ, they came back to Islam. And then Islam really came and entered their hearts and stayed firm in their hearts, Alhamdulillah. And they became good Muslims after that. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive them and have mercy upon them. So this is basically how Abu Bakr as-Siddiq took back the Arabian Peninsula for Islam by tawfiq from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him success in this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him the strength, the courage, and he gave him success in this, this difficult task and this great endeavor. And this was a great test for Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. Right in the beginning of his Khilafah, he just becomes a leader and he has to deal with the whole Arabian Peninsula leaving Islam, except for three cities, Mecca, Medina, and Al-Taif. He has to deal with all of this and bringing them back to Islam. And he was able to do it, Alhamdulillah, by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It was said that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq during this fitna, the fitna of apostasy, that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq was like a white hair on a black bull that he was alone and he didn't have much support even from amongst the sahaba they were not so sure that abu bakr as-siddiq should fight the apostates they were saying some of the sahaba they were saying like look we don't have the strength we don't have the power this apostasy wave it has gripped the whole arabian peninsula how can we fight them even the sahaba عنهم, they were not sure that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq was making the right move here to fight the apostates and to not compromise with them at all. But Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu, Allah gave him that thabat. Allah gave him that firmness. He wouldn't budge on this at all. He even got angry at Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu. He said to Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, fil fil -islam? That ya Umar, you were so strong in jahiliyyah so tough in Jahiliyyah, but now in Islam you became weak and timid. What is this? Abu Bakr as-Siddiq is talking to who? To Umar ibn al-Khattab like this. Can you imagine someone speaking to Umar ibn al-Khattab like this? But Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, he was so strong and so firm when the situation demanded it that he even spoke to Umar ibn al-Khattab in such a way. So Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved the Ummah. He saved Islam. And he saved this whole ummah through Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu to protect this deen and to protect this ummah. Walhamdulillah. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu on behalf of all the Muslims for this great service that he did radiallahu anhu wa ardah. After these battles against the apostates and after the success of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu in returning the Arabian Peninsula back to Islam by the permission of Allah, Umar ibn al-Khattab he went to Abu Bakr as-Siddiq and he kissed him on his head. There was a man who came into Medina 
a man named Abu Raja Al-Ataridi Al-Basri. And he, he was actually a man who lived during the time of the Prophet ﷺ, but he never got a chance to actually see the Prophet ﷺ before the Prophet ﷺ passed away. But after the Prophet ﷺ passed away, this man Abu Raja Al-Ataridi, he came into Medina. He came into Medina for the first time. And he saw a man kissing the head of another man, kissing the forehead of another man. And he asked someone, he asked the people around, he said, who is this guy? Who is this guy who is kissing the forehead of this other guy? Who are these two people? Who is the one who is kissing the head? And who is the one whose head is being kissed? And then they said, that is Umar ibn al-Khattab. The one who is kissing, that is Umar ibn al-Khattab. And the one whose head is being kissed, that is Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu and Umar radiallahu anhu, he said to Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, after this was all done, after the war against the apostates were successful and the Arabian Peninsula returned back to Islam, Umar, he kissed the head of Abu Bakr and he said, Ya Abu Bakr, ana fida'uk lawlallahu thumma ant lahalakna. He said, Ya Abu Bakr, I am your ransom. I, will, I would die in place of you. I'm ready to die in place of you. Because if it were not for Allah and then you, we would have been destroyed. So Umar radiallahu anhu, he realized the greatness of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. And he realized that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu was making the correct decisions all along. And he never flinched, alhamdulillah. In the face of all of these hardships, he never even had a doubt about the fact that what he was doing was the only thing to do and it was the right thing to do. This was the strength that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed in the heart of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu And this is the end of the wars against the apostates. And this was one of the greatest accomplishments and one of the first accomplishments during the Khilafah of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu So that ends the Hurub al-Ridda, the wars against the apostates. And inshallah next week, we will speak about another great accomplishment of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu And that is the gathering of the Qur'an. During the time of the Prophet ﷺ, the Qur'an, it was not collected into one book. It was not collected into one mushaf. It was written on some leaves and some skins here and there, but it was not collected into one collection. So after the Ma'rakatul Yamama, after the battle of Yamama, that was the battle against Musaylima al-Kadhab, many of the reciters and the Huffav the memorizers of the Qur'an, they died in that battle. Many of the memorizers of the Qur'an, it is said that 500 Huffal, 500 memorizers of the Qur'an died in that one battle. So Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu, after this, he decided that it's very important that we need to collect the Qur'an. All of these Huffal, they died. So many Huffal died. We need to do what we have to do to to preserve the Qur'an. Of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who preserves the Qur'an. Surely, we have sent down this reminder and surely we will protect it. Allah has taken that upon Himself that He will protect the Qur'an. But He uses some people in order to protect the Qur'an. So Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu, he said, we need to make sure we do our part in preserving, protecting the Qur'an, the word of Allah. So he decided that he would collect the Qur'an into one mushaf, into one book. And that was another great accomplishment 
during the Khilafah of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu and we'll speak about that next week bi-idhnillah wallahu alam wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in